brothers and sisters in Christ, welcome back to another episode of Bell's Beatifics, a weekly Christian devotional to help you grow in your faith. Last week, I didn't realize how long I would be talking about this subject, Um, so here is part two of accepting your pace and your place in the race for the kingdom. So in part one, we talked about running our race with endurance, um, that speed doesn't matter, focus, determination, perseverance, and endurance do. Today, we're going to be talking about accepting our place in the race for the kingdom. This is a subject that I would struggle with a lot. I would always be confused and concerned that others were excelling in areas that I didn't. A great percentage of people are upset that they don't excel in the same areas as others, even though they are close to experts in different areas. The reason for this is because we are all made to have a different place in the kingdom. Everyone has a different role in advancing Jesus' kingdom. So it wouldn't work out if we were all playing the same part. Today we are going to be in 1 Corinthians 12, 12. I will, as usual, be reading out of the NIV version. So if you want to go and grab your Bible and open it up, you can do that right now. First Corinthians 12, 12 through 30. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. Well, our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? 
Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. That was a bit of a lengthy passage, so thanks for sticking with me, guys. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, and I strongly encourage you to read it by yourself and just meditate on it as well. So now I'm going to break down each part. In my NIV version, the heading for this passage is unity and diversity in the body. And I feel like this is really important and it perfectly sums up the following passage because even though we are all different, we are all placed together by Jesus to work together, each having different jobs to better the church. Um, in verses 12 through 14, it's speaking about how the church is one body, but it has many parts. We were all given the spirit to drink. We were all given the spirit. In verses 15 through 20, it tells us not to compare our roles to the roles of others, saying that we are insignificant because we were not given the same role as someone from another part of the body. It says that we shouldn't envy the part of others because if everyone played the same role, then the other roles would be vacant and it would be like only having eyes is what it's saying. You can't walk, you can't speak, you can't smell, you can't hear. If you were only eyes, where would the other parts be? Would that be the best for the body? So verses 15 through 20 spoke about not saying that your role is insignificant. And now verses 21 through 26 says don't look on others' roles and call them insignificant. Because each part is important and each part is indispensable. It says that the parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable we treat with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. Some may look to their thumb and think to themselves, it doesn't matter if this is missing, I still have my other fingers, I still have my hand, I still have my wrist, I can still move it, but then once your thumb is missing and you reach to pick, out, to pick up a cup so that you may drink from it, it just falls out of your hand because you don't have your thumb to keep it in place. And then you realize how important your thumb actually is no matter how small it is, even though it's just one of your fingers, even though it's just part of your hand, it actually plays a really big role. In verses 25 through 26, it speaks about how there should be no division among the body because each part should have equal concern for each other. It says that if one part suffers, the rest of the body should suffer. And if one part gets special treatment, then the whole body should rejoice. Do not be envious when another part gets a special honor. You should rejoice for them. You should be happy they're a part of the body 
was given such an honor. And like, if you stub your toe, then you're thinking, oh my goodness, this is so painful. And it's like, you can feel it in the rest of your body. The rest of your body knows that your toe is hurt. And it's like they themselves are in pain with it. In verses 27 through 31, we get a little more literal and we start looking at the actual rules of the church. In the church, there are different roles played by different people. There are different gifts given to different people. God took great care in selecting and distributing each gift so that you may excel in the area you have been given. The passage then lists several gifts given in the church and then goes on to ask are all do all people play this one part do all people have the same gift do all people have the same job do you guys want to know the answer it's no it kind of goes back to where it says like is each part of the body an eye does the body only have ears? No, because if it has no parts, where's the body? The last verse is a little confusing. It says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And I know some of you are probably thinking, didn't he just say that all gifts are equally important? Yes, yes he did. I myself was very confused by this verse, so I looked it up to get some answers. My original theory is that some of us don't desire to work for the body at all, and that we should desire and really want to work for the body and help better the church. Some of the answers given in the article I read was that um, some of us are tempted not to use our gifts at all. They compared the gifts to dynamite, that it could either be used for good or it could be used for evil. If you use it correctly, it could greatly better the church, but if you use it in the wrong way, it could blow up in your face. Another reason given is because it will help us love one another. It uh, each gift is given for the common good, not so that each person can have their chance in the spotlight. In the article that I read, spoke about um, ways to go out and obtain greater gifts. If you guys would like more on the subject of obtaining and desiring greater gifts, you guys, um, the article that I read is called why we must earnestly desire spiritual gifts you can find it on desiringgod.org it is by john bloom i myself merely skimmed over the article but i think that it would be more helpful to go through it again and um just read it more completely okay guys that's it um next week we are going to be talking more about the race for the kingdom uh for a part three apparently <laughs> so if you guys want to tune in next saturday i will be here
Just a reminder, if you have any questions or comments, you guys can leave a voice message and I will be more than happy to listen to it. Um, I would really like to do a Q&A episode in the future, so if you guys have any questions at all, you can just leave a voice message and I will be more than happy to listen to it. Also, I am not in any way a certified preacher. I am merely a sister who would love to walk through this Christian walk with you. Anyway, guys, see you next week. God bless.